you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. God is with us. Good morning, Lifeway. Hey, we, who said we can't have fun? And we want to welcome those that are uh, connected by the internet, and I hope your toes are warm, and maybe you're sitting by the fire, maybe you're even in your pajamas, but we're here, we braved the cold, and just to let you know, I did check the weather before I came up here, they had predicted maybe that there was some snow around 1 o'clock, that is, that's no more, so it's not going to snow anymore, the clouds have moved out, and we're here, it's warm, and the presence of God is so strong this morning and so we're excited if you would turn please with me to Matthew chapter 1 we're gonna pray and then we're gonna get into the word I'm just letting you know that I'm so excited about this message this morning that I'm sure I'm gonna leave some words out I have prepared this many words and I'm, I'm gonna put it in this amount of time it's going to be awesome and so Pray for me as I pray for you that you'll hear, that I'll speak, and that the Lord will, will do the interpretation. He'll bring it all together. And listen, I am convinced of this. Every time that we get together, no matter if it's just... We have nights of worship where we just worship. Right? Or if, if it's a message, or if it's a small group, if it's a men's meeting or a women's meeting, that God is so big and so awesome that He can meet every need in the room. Every need that we have... God is speaking, He's alive, and He wants to get, He wants to download what we need. And so that's why we pray, and that's why we're trusting Him this morning to speak to us. Father, thank You so much for sending Jesus to this earth. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. He's not just our Savior, He's our Lord. He's our Shepherd. And he speaks to us, and your word says that we hear your voice. And so this morning, Father, we tune in our ears, our spiritual ears, to hear what you would have to say. Help us, Lord, to apply your truth to our lives to see transformation. Transformed lives are the evidence that Jesus is alive. And so, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that has his will and his way in this place today in Jesus name and everybody agreed with that said amen amen what an awesome season that we're in God with us Jesus manifested in the flesh God came to earth in the person of Jesus and showed us you know God could have just shouted from the heavens I love you he could have, but he went the next step. He took the next step and he sent Jesus to show us, to demonstrate that he loves us. And so that's what we're talking about this series of the, the whole month of December. Last week we talked about God is with us in the valley, those low points in our life. And this week we're going to talk about God is with us in the wilderness there are certain seasons and situations in our lives where God is with us in the wilderness. Look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. It says, look, look. This is Matthew writing. 
He says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means, everybody say it together, God is with us. Or God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And so the world this year needs to know that the baby of Christmas is the Lord and Savior that is with us through every valley, through every wilderness, through every situation and every season of life. And so last week we talked about the valley. If you weren't with us, you can go back and you can look at that and review that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to know that he's with us on the mountaintops, but it's great also to know that he's with us in the valley. We get to know him intimately in the valleys. And so this week we're talking about wilderness, and there's a difference between the valleys and the wilderness. The valleys are a low point in our life. The wilderness is, is, is a longer period of time when, when there seems to be no end. You're thinking, is this ever going to end? That wilderness experience. The wilderness in the Bible is a metaphor of, of trials, hardship, and wandering. Trials, hardship, and wandering. You can look at the notes if, uh, if you have your handheld device. I failed to mention this, but you can follow along in the notes if you go to lifeway.church forward slash 12 dash 9 dash 18. And you can look at the notes. There they are. I put them up on the screen just to give you a reference so that you can pick them up on your handheld device. You can follow along. But the wilderness is a metaphor of trials, hardship, and wandering. I found this to be true, that no one likes to stay in the wilderness. Nobody. <laughs> the wilderness is a place where you ask yourself, what should I do next? Should I stay in the job that I'm currently at? Or should I go back to school and possibly take out student loans and change majors and change degrees and change careers and is there something better that's a wilderness if uh, you rent a house should I continue to rent and not build equity or am I going to be here for the next couple of years or should I go ahead and buy a house so that I can build some equity that's a it's a step of faith to purchase that's a that can be a wilderness right if you're dating someone and You've been dating that person for a long time and there's no uh, further step to proposal of marriage. Should I continue? Should we stop? Should decisions to make? Wilderness. What's my next step? In those times of wilderness, it's, it's very possible to get stuck, paralyzed. And when we get stuck and we're paralyzed, there's fear, right? Every one of us deal with fear. And we need to know that God is with us. God is with us because in a wilderness, we need, we're not so sure, but we need to be sure which way to go. So maybe you're here this morning and some of what I said already describes you. But in the wilderness, we can become so overwhelmed by the appearance of our situation that we just choose to do nothing. 
I've heard many people through, throughout the years that I've counseled with folks use this statement of the path of least resistance. When they get into this place where they're stuck, they're paralyzed with fear in this wilderness place, and they just choose to take the path of least resistance. That is to say, I'm just not going to do anything. And people wander around year after year after year in this path of least resistance, stuck in the wilderness. And, you know, there's times where we need to hear God's voice. But in those times, we try harder to hear His voice. And it seems to us, during those times, the more He becomes silent. It's kind of, kind of, like, your, kind of like your phone. Can you guys put that, that illustration up there? Hello, God, hello. And you see the dot, 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 dot. And you're, you're thinking, he, he's about to respond. He's about to respond. And then it goes off the screen. You ever been there? <laughs> hello, God. You have my phone number. You know where I live. You know how many hairs I have on my head or how many I don't have on my head. And I need to hear from you. Where are you? It's this wilderness times. You know, wilderness often, often follows mountaintops. Jesus came to John, his cousin, to be baptized, just like the scripture said. And he was baptized. John raised him up out of the water. He was gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of God came on his life and immediately he was moved to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, right? To be tempted. And so some of you may be there right now in the wilderness. Maybe you've been bef be, uh, betrayed by a friend. Maybe you're in a place where you just hate your job. I mean, I just... I don't want to go another year. It's, it's 2018, almost 2019, and I said two years ago that I was going to change jobs. Maybe the financial pressure just bearing down on you. Maybe you got news that your spouse wasn't honest with you, and you're dealing with this, and it's a, and it's a wilderness. You're hurting, you're confused, you're empty. Maybe you're doubting that you hear God's voice. But listen, here, here, here's a key. Hearing God's whisper is key to exiting wilderness. Hearing God's whisper is key to exiting the wilderness. We're going to look at the prophet Isaiah now. If you'll turn over to 1 Kings chapter 19. Because we're going to hit a couple of scriptures over there. They'll put it up on the screen for you. But Elijah the prophet one of the greatest prophets that God ever anointed on the earth. Elijah. We, we see in Elijah's life around chapter 17, 18, 19, where Elijah goes from a mountaintop calling down power and fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice on the altar to running in fear for his life. From a mountaintop experience to the wilderness. And Elijah learned this principle of experiencing God in the wilderness. And in 
First Kings chapter 19, after God used him in a powerful way on Mount Carmel. And so, even after God uses him in this powerful way, Elijah falls into depression and desperation, which shows us that no one is exempt from this wilderness experience. And I'm so glad that God left these kinds of accounts in the Bible to show us that people are really real, that they're not all paintings with halos around them, that people really dealt with this. And so for three years, King Ahab, if you remember, and you can follow the story along and go back and read it and maybe study it this week and, and listen, re-listen to this message, but King Ahab was pursuing Elijah for three years, evil King Ahab, and he, he could never catch up with Elijah. And so uh, he, told, uh, he told his wife, who was more evil than he was, Jezebel, he said, I can't catch him for three years. And we've killed all these prophets of Israel, but I can't catch Elijah. And, and, and it, it was almost as though Jezebel said, Ahab, move out of my way because I'm going to kill him if you can't do the job right. Get the word to Elijah that I'm coming after him and he's going to be dead by tomorrow. Wicked, evil Jezebel. So here is Elijah on the run on the run and so he hits a wall here first Kings 19 and verse 3 Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness he came to a broom bush sat down under it and prayed that he might die I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I, in other words, I've failed. Great man of God. Withstood Ahab. Withstood the prophets of Baal. Withstood. He, he, he stood for so many things and was used by God in such marvelous ways. And here he is saying, I'm nothing but a failure. I want to die. Please kill me. Put me out of my misery. Has anybody ever, I don't have to ask you to raise your hand because I can tell you, you've been, you've been there. He went from the mountaintop to the wilderness. He hit the wall. I like to call it hitting the wall. He got to a place where he said, I just can't take it anymore. Not another one. If you've had teenagers, maybe you've been at that point. If you said something like, don't make me come there. <laughs> Or, I brought you into this world, I can surely take you out. Right? Maybe you work for a boss that's passive-aggressive, and you never know what kind of mood they're going to come in with. Narcissistic, demanding. Maybe you lost your job this week. I know of somebody who lost their job this week. Listen, people are dealing with real-life real life issues. And it doesn't matter whether it's the holiday. Listen, people are dealing with life. Maybe you've been making up ground financially and, and, and your car breaks and the toilet overflows and your emergency fund is gone and the one credit card you have is maxed out. Or maybe you're trying to keep your house clean 
for the holidays and you've got guests coming over and people coming in from out of town and all you do is cook and clean and cook and clean and cook and clean and you serve the family meal and all your family does is just eat get up and leave their plates there one more thing one more thing I'm at I'm at the limit I can't take any more that's that's where Elijah was so we see the realness and the reality of life maybe you're at a point that you just can't handle it anymore and Elijah was there Elijah had experienced the protection and the provision of God and then here's this real angry woman that comes after him and he falls apart he stood down King Ahab and he prophesied that the, the drought uh, would, w- would last until he said rain. For three years the drought lasted. For three years K- King Ahab full force pursued Elijah. And while Elijah was hiding, God fed him by the ravens. He also raised the dead. And like I said, he stood down 850 prophets of Baal. He called down fire. He destroyed the false prophets. So when you look at Elijah in this place of wilderness, it seems like he's exhausted. He said, I'm ready to give up. I'm running for my life. I'm tired. There's a difference between physically tired and spiritually depleted being spiritually depleted you could sleep for two days and still be in the wilderness when you woke up there's a difference some of what we call tired is just because we are in the wilderness we're spiritually depleted and we need to realize that our shepherd, Jesus, God with us, he longs to restore our soul. Psalm 23 is one of my favorite, favorite passages. I know probably 90% of Christians can say that as well. But I love the analogy of Jesus being our shepherd. He leads us beside still waters, restful waters. He leads us into green pastures. It's, it's not just so that we can eat, but as we're eating the green pastures and we're drinking of the still waters, he's restoring our soul. Jesus cares about your soul. He wants you to be replenished. Replenishment comes from from your spirit and floods into your soul. And so hearing the whispers of God is the key to exiting wilderness. The second point here is we need to hear his whisper. If you look at verse 5 of 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 19, 5b, in verse 6, when Elijah's in this place of wilderness, it says, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Elijah looked around and there by his head was some bread, gluten-free bread, <laughs> baked over hot coals, I, the gluten-free I just put in there, and a jar of water, bread and water. And he ate and drank and then laid down again. Isn't it interesting that God himself put the bread there? God put it there. 
Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is to rest and eat a double Whopper with cheese. Amen. Amen. We have to learn how to be still and know that God is God. And we have to recognize sometimes that we're just in a wilderness place where we've depleted ourselves spiritually. It's not that God moved away. It's that we just need to rest. And notice at this point that that God doesn't rebuke Elijah. He doesn't preach him a, a message of correction. Well, this is why. Or he doesn't say, Elijah, where's your faith? Or he doesn't say, Elijah, memorize these 10 scriptures and quote them for the next 30 days. And then you'll be out of the wilderness. No, God doesn't rebuke him and correct him in this place. It's the mercy of God that provides this bread and water and rest so that Elijah can be replenished spiritually. He gave him something to eat. Even though Elijah was struggling in himself, running from one place to another, the Lord was patient with him. The reason that God was patient with Elijah is because God is intent on speaking to us in our wilderness. If you keep reading in verse, we'll read in verse 7 and 10, 7 through 10, it says, The angel of the Lord came back a second time. That's significant. If it's not underlined in your Bible, underline the word second. Because God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. You can't out run God's chances. If you didn't get it right the last time, listen, the Lord is coming for you again. He is patient with you because he wants to speak to you. Because hearing God's whispers in the wilderness show you the exit sign. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. For the journey is too much for you. And so he got up and ate another double whopper with cheese. (laughs) And drank a big, large Diet Coke. No. (laughs) It says, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. So he's still moving. He's still going. And then he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into the cave and spent the night. And the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so the Lord went in our wilderness. He comes to us and he says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And we run another 40 days and 40 nights. And we rest again. And he says, what are you doing here? As if to say, you think I can help you here? Or I can help you here? It doesn't depend on you. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And so in verse 10, here's Elijah's response. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. 
The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Sounds like a whiny baby. Right? Elijah doesn't say this just one time. He says it twice. He uses the same words twice. Nobody follows you but me. Poor, pitiful me. They've killed your other prophets and now they're coming after me. He started defending himself. And a lot of times in the wilderness, we're there because our eyes are on ourselves. We see our pain, we see our hurt, our eyes are only on ourself. We whine and complain. And we may think that when we're in the wilderness that we're the only ones there. And that nobody's standing with us and no one understands us. But listen, God is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to pursue you. He's going to go with you. doesn't matter if you, if you run 40 days and 40 nights or run 100 miles away from an angry woman called Jezebel. You know, I studied that out. And Elijah ran 100 miles to get away from her. And God dealt with him 100 miles there. He dealt with him 40 days later. And he said, hey, Elijah, what are you doing? Why are you, what are you doing here? Elijah's response. I'm the only one that serves you, God. I'm the only one. Nobody knows the trouble that I'm in. When the Lord continued to look past Elijah's complaining, and he continued to call him, I'm glad that the Lord is patient. Because the very next verse, it says this. The Lord said, right after Elijah complained, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, tore the mountains apart, and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. So there was wind, but the Lord was not in it. There was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. Earth, wind and fire (laughs) everybody that was born like in the 60s you got it all those that are millennials (laughs) it won't mean anything to you but listen God wasn't in the earth or the wind or the fire God wasn't in the remarkable he was in the ordinary Most of the time when we're looking for a sign, we should be listening to hear his whisper. The more I hear people talking, they're looking for some sign. If this happens, then I'll know it's God. Or if that happens, then I'll know it's God. Or if this person calls me, then I'll know it's God. 
Listen, we should quit looking for the signs and start listening for God's whispers. He desires to whisper to you. Why does God whisper? Because when God whispers, He wants us to know that He's with us. That He's close. Because when you whisper, you whisper important things to people that you're close to to get their attention. So it's only for your ears. God wants to speak things to you that you're not going to hear from somebody else. It's God with us. He whispers. And those keys that he's giving you when he whispers to you bring you out of the wilderness. He loves you. He knows you. He knows what he's designed for you better than you know yourself. There was a time where I was trying to make a decision, one of the most important decisions of my life. Whether to marry this beautiful young woman on the front row right here, 31 years ago, 33 years ago, because we dated for a couple of years, but Sheila came into my life and filled my heart and filled my eyes, and that's all I could think about, and I was struggling. I was in kind of in the wilderness. Lord, please speak to me. I need to hear from you. Please write it up in the sky so I don't so I don't make a mistake. I want to marry the right person. Please. I mean, Lord, here's what what you could do so that I'll know it's you. If if I walk into the bathroom on, on, tomorrow morning and I and I'm getting ready to to, you know, I'm getting ready and going through my routine and you write it up on my mirror, I'll know for sure. And I agonized for two or three weeks. Lord, please speak to me. And the more that I prayed that, the deafer I became. And finally, I just said, I give up. I give up. I'm just going to rest. And it was probably... A couple of weeks after that, one morning, I was just doing my routine. And the Lord said, very in a gentle whisper, what do you want to do? And when he said it, and I heard it, it shocked me. Because I wasn't expecting it. What do you want to do? And I immediately knew it was the answer to my question that I had asked a month ago. And I, I became uh, fearful, reverent, reverently fearful because I knew that the place that I was standing on was holy ground and that the Lord himself by his spirit was speaking on the inside of me. He whispered, what do you want to do? And I said, Lord, you know what I want to do. I remember the, very, the conversation I had with him very clearly. I said, you know what I want to do. And that was his answer for me in that wilderness with just a whisper. You know, in order for us to get clear direction, we must be willing to quiet down. Most of the time when we're seeking a way out, we should instead just depend on God for the very next step. 
just the next step and learn how to rest and hear his whisper. God's not going to shout at you to try to get your attention. And he's not trying to scare the wilderness out of you. God is with you, whispering to you the very next step that you're to take. Look at Psalm 34, 18. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is very merciful, full of grace and compassion, full of mercy and compassion. He loves you. He knows where you're at before you even get there. That's the reason he could say to Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah ran over there. Elijah, what are you doing here? Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If, my, if I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, and, and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Hearing God's whisper is key to exiting wilderness. The last point to this message is heeding his direction. We have to heed his direction. God told Elijah what to do. Even though Elijah felt like he was a failure, he had missed God, he was running in fear for his life from somebody that was mad at him. God spoke to him and told him, basically, I'm just going to paraphrase it, Elijah, I'm not finished with you yet. I need you to go anoint the king of Syria, anoint the king of Israel, and anoint your replacement, Elisha. God gave him direction when Elijah stopped to listen to the whisper of God. We have to heed his direction. In the whispers of God are strength, encouragement, and direction for your life. We need strength because with no strength we can't move. We need direction because in order to go in a certain way, we have to have his direction to move forward. With no direction we sit and we wait. And with no courage we won't risk anything. So when he speaks to us, when he whispers to us, he gives us strength and encouragement and direction. Knowing that God is with you and hearing his whispers are the very things that lead you out of your current wilderness. Just like I said that Elijah knew where to go and what to do. And he was assured that the Lord was with him. And so he left where he was and went and did what God told him to do. There's one New Testament scripture that, that goes right along with this. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. I'm going to read it out of the New International Version. 
It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. That he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This scripture says to me that God is with me in every situation. He doesn't just want me to sit and endure it, but he's also making a way out. He knows the way of the exit. And if all the lights in this room went out right now, I could look up and see this exit sign because it's lit red. And I could find my way out. God is with us. The way out of the wilderness always comes through God's whispers. And knowing that God is with you. So today I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. Will you trust Him? Will you trust God? If you're hitting the wall, or you're about to hit the wall, will you trust Him? If you're desperately listening for His voice and, and it seems like there's more silence, will you trust Him? If you know that God's given you another, giving you another chance, will you trust Him? Will you take the next step? Will you trust Him? God's whispering because God is with us. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to each one of us? What are you whispering to us? Lord, we thank you for this illustration of Elijah and how he went through the wilderness. But how does, how does this affect us? What does this mean in our life? Lord, I thank you for speaking, whispering this morning to every one of us in here. Thank you for loving us and being patient with us helping us making a way out and proving that you are Emmanuel God with us Father I'm praying for someone in here or someone that's watching right now that needs to follow Jesus needs to make a decision to follow Jesus Lord, it's not important that they raise their hand in this room. It's not important that they stand up or come forward in this room. It's important that they decide in their heart, right there where they're sitting, right there where they're situated right now, to make a decision to follow Jesus. That's, that's the most important decision. That's the most important next step that they could take. Father, I pray right now for that person that is making the decision. And I know it's your heart to lead them into making that decision. So if you can hear my voice and you're making that decision to follow Jesus, I want to help you by giving you some words to pray. 
right now where you are, all you need to do is say, Jesus, I acknowledge you as the Son of God. I trust you. I give my life to you. And I choose today to receive your free gift of salvation. I choose today to follow you all the days of my life. Help me to find my way out of this wilderness. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now look up here real quick. If you prayed that, if you said that in your heart, it's most important that you tell someone, that you tell somebody that you came with, somebody that you know that is a Christian. You need to just let them know. Listen, I prayed a prayer on this date. It was December 9th in 2018 in Lifeway Church at 2005 Hurricane Shoals Road, Decula, Georgia, 30019. Write it down. Get your Bible, write it down in there. Listen, this is the, the most important thing next to being born on this earth is being born again of the Spirit. These decisions, these life-changing, life-transforming decisions that are made are most important. We need to remember them. We have a birth certificate for babies, right? Babies that are being born today, right now, at the hospital down the road. They give them a certificate. This baby has this name, born of this father, this mother. This doctor delivered it. It's important. Same thing that happens when you make a decision for Jesus. And then we have another step where we baptize in water. Because the Word of God, Jesus first was baptized and the word of God instructs us to go and baptize and so we baptize people in water in a few weeks in January uh, a few weeks from now in January we will have a baptism set up here in the warm sanctuary in the warm auditorium where we'll baptize some people if you just prayed that prayer you just decided maybe you were watching and you need somewhere to come be baptized find us come be baptized Make a decision for Christ. Stick with it. Listen, 2019 will be your best year yet. Let's all stand. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.